Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. All right. don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings <laughs> from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, Call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Bingo! Don't you want to see me? You better kind of dead. Cut the old man down. What's wrong, Ramon? You losing your touch? You afraid, Ramon? Shoot to kill, you better hit the heart. Your own words, Ramon. The heart, Ramon. Don't forget the heart. Aim for the heart or you'll never stop me. meets a man with a rifle, you said the man with a pistol is a dead man. Let's see if that's true. Go ahead, load up and shoot. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Don't forget to check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to visit our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, where you can pick up and listen to all 420 past shows. So, uh... You know what? We're just coming off Monterey Car Week. And yeah, you know what? Somehow I managed to get out there again this year. And I got to tell you, it's a spectacular, spectacular event. The winning car, the best of show at Pebble Beach Concourse, was a 1937 Alfa Romeo 8C 2900B touring Berlinetta. Now, that probably doesn't mean much to most people listening to the show, but these are kind of really, really highly unusual cars that uh, show up at this particular event. And uh, so there's some pretty amazing cars, and I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. But we actually have a caller that uh, called in here a few minutes ago, and uh, I believe his name's Alan. Alan, how you doing? Welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and how can we help you? Uh, yes, I'm totally blinded. I'm a faithful listener to WTAN. I have a question. When you buy a car, let's say you go to a used car dealership, and you buy a car, do you believe in your heart that this, that most people 
are honest about buying a used car as opposed to buying a brand new car. Is the question, do you mean the buyer or the seller honest? No, it's the seller honest. Well, let me tell you this, Alan, and I know you're a regular listener and I appreciate you calling in, but I got to tell you, there's a caveat there, okay? And it's a caveat is Latin for buyer beware. So regardless of whether you're buying a new car or a used car, if you're buying a new car, chances are you will be pretty safe on buying the real car because then it's just a matter of what kind of deal you want price, terms, and things of that nature. When you're buying a used car, you need to do your homework. You need to do your research. You need to do basically a, uh, a history report, which is one of the things that I do. I do diminished value reports, pre-purchase inspections, and appraisals on cars. And along the lines of a diminished value, which is basically the lost value of your car, the difference between the car before the accident and after the accident. In other words, the lost value of your crash car so before the accident your car is worth let's say twenty thousand dollars after the accident even though the car is fixed and it runs down the road and looks really really nice it's only worth 15 now if a used car dealer does not disclose that or a new car dealer that has a used car lot does not disclose that that's kind of an ethics question okay so again a buyer has has to do their due diligence and make sure they do their own research and find out if the car is really really what it is and of course you can request from the dealer because most dealers now advertise accident-free. They advertise Carfax or History Report, whether that be Instavin, whether it be AutoCheck, or again, Carfax, which is probably the most popular one. But you have to do that because today you don't know. And what's real critical with these new cars is knowing that information because these cars are so sophisticated with all these um, electronics, computer parts, and, and, and stuff like that on the car that uh, if the cars are fixed and they're not fixed properly – then uh, chances are you're going to have some problems down the road. Regardless, you will possibly have some problems down the road. I'll give you a case in point. My uncle's brother has a 2018 Lexus LS500 or whatever that goofy contraption is, and he was in San Francisco, and he was driving the car down a side road, and it was at night, and it wasn't lit up very well. Well, he damaged the front end of the car. And basically what he did is he knocked off the front bumper cover, the grill, the headlights. I think he might have wrinkled a fender or two. But at any rate, there was $30,000 worth of damage. The bulk of the stuff up there was all the computers, all the sensors, all this nonsense that's behind the grill. That's why these cars are getting so sophisticated. That's why you have to do your homework and you have to do your due diligence. But uh, anyway... Alan, thanks for calling in. Keep tuning into the show. God bless you. All right. Thank you very much for being a part of your show. And I love WTAN. I always love the the management and everybody else. Thank you so much for taking time out for your busy schedule. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Tell your friends and keep tuning in. I sure will. Thank you. We get you some sponsors. Okay, very good. Anyway, uh, let's see. Where were we? We're talking about Monterey Car Week. So let me just give you a rundown of how this thing all takes place. And uh, that is as follows. So I hit the airplane, airport, whatever you want to call it, first thing on Tuesday morning. Now, keep in mind, I get out to Monterey probably sometime around 11 o'clock. My uncle picks me up. He lives up in Santa Rosa. That's about a two-and-a-half, three-hour run from uh, Santa Rosa, which is north of Marin County, north of where I'm from, north of San Francisco, and down to Monterey Peninsula. All right, so then we get there. The first event that they have, the kickoff of the week, is called the Concourse on the Ave, and that's promoted and, and organized by our good friend Doug Friedman. Doug happens to be out of Atlanta, but he, the, Carmel is such a just, a just a cute, quaint, pretty, historic, unbelievable setting that, uh, you know, and if you're if you're a newlywed, it's in fact we were out there, my wife and I, many many years ago. But it's a it's a very romantic area as well. I mean, it's right on the coast, right on the beach. It's uh, right in the middle of the Del Monte Forest. Uh, beautiful shoreline, rocks, uh, cypress trees all over the place. It's just it's so picturesque. I can't even describe it. It's just like it truly is God's country. And if there was a place on the planet that I'd live besides this area, it would definitely be the Monterey Peninsula. But anyway, all right. So we show up there first thing in the morning. We get there, um, well, by the time he picks me up, we drive on down, and we're an hour from the, hour and a half, I think, from the airport, San Francisco airport. And uh, so as soon as I get to the, to Carmel, and uh, the whole street, Ocean Avenue is blocked off, okay? And uh, there's probably, mm, I'm going to say probably a good 250 cars, maybe, that uh, generally show up there. 
And it, it's it truly eclectic because you have pre-war, post-war, sports cars, uh, hot rods, foreign cars, American cars, muscle cars, Trans Am cars, lots of race cars, okay? And if you tuned into our show last week, I actually do a live event from there every Tuesday, the week of Monterey Car uh, car week it's called kind of it's kind of like uh monterey collector car week monterey madness car week it's got a, a bunch of different names but uh there's a website actually called monterey car week in fact you can uh if you google them you'll it'll pull up all the information on the uh, on on all the um events that are taking place during that week so anyway back to uh carmel now i don't always know what I'm, who I'm going to have on the show. Now, keep in mind, the show airs since we're seven o'clock here in Cal- in Florida. It's three hours difference in California, so that's east, that's Pacific Standard Time (PST), and we're Eastern Standard Time (EST). Okay, so when I get there, I kind of want to make it kind of fun and interesting, kind of like potluck. So I actually start from one end of the event, from one end of the street, Ocean Avenue. And I walk the entire event, and I try to get all my photography through, and I pick out certain cars in the back of my mind that I think are pretty cool, and possibly some people there that I might want to interview. And every year, you just never know who you're going to meet. Now, this year, for example, there was a guy there that I met, and uh, he had a Lamborghini 400 GT. Now, the Lamborghini 400 GT slash 350 GT was the very first Lamborghini production car ever made. And you've heard me tell the story on the radio show, which is Ferruccio Lamborghini, who always had Ferraris. He was an industrialist. He made tractors and uh, appliances and all kinds of cool stuff, but mostly tractors and stuff and, um, and trucks and things. He went to uh, Enzo and said, hey, look, Enzo, I got a couple issues here with my uh, clutch and pressure plate on my Ferrari, and it's not seeming to work right. And then, of course, uh, he's asking him to do something about it. And Enzo was known to be stubborn on occasion and he basically told Ferruccio Ferruccio Lamborghini he says hey Ferruccio why don't you go take your Ferrari and go get one of those tractor parts and throw it on there and see if that doesn't fix it you know and that really kind of irritated Ferruccio so he says you know what I think I will do that in fact you know what I'm going to do one better I'm going to build a car that is better than your Ferrari now I will say this the Lamborghini particularly the 350 GT he hired, uh, Ferruccio hired, I think the gentleman's name was Bizzarini. And I know Alan, if he's listening, he's going to call in and correct me, which I expect him to. And if Jim's listening, I expect Jim because he's part of the, uh, he's with the, he's the president of the Lamborghini Club. So, and because there's so much I have to keep in my little itty bitty little pea brain, I forget stuff from time to time and I actually get things confused. But at any rate, so the Lamborghini engine was designed and it is actually a better motor than the Ferrari engine. And the car from a styling standpoint, was way superior to anything that... Um, I see the phone's lighting up already. My guess is it's probably Alan. Anyway, uh, it's way better than anything Ferrari came up with. Now, don't get me wrong. Ferrari had some beautiful cars. That era, we had the Ferrari 250 GTO Lusso. We had the 250 GT Competizione. We had the GTE, which is a very attractive car. The GTC, which is one of my favorites. The 330 GTC, which is a two-door transaxle coupe. The 330 sedan and uh, let me guess is it alan okay alan are you on the line i know i i knew you were listening and i knew you were going to correct me so go ahead let's uh share some wisdom to our with our listeners okay well all this is theoretical of course oh. you know <laughs> theoretical like but yeah um yeah it was bizzarini's engine but when they had the revolt the palace revolt at ferrari bizzarini had already had a design so he took it with him so okay. It's going to be a Ferrari engine at one time. Okay, I I was going to say that, and I remember reading that, and I remember you and I discussing that, but I didn't want to say that for sure. But so basically, it was an engine that was on the drawing table at Ferrari, done by Bizzarini, and then when he had a falling out with Enzo, he jumped ship, went over to Ferruccio Lamborghini, and that's the engine that basically uh, they built, designed, improved, and fine tuned to be better than a Ferrari engine. Well, the funny thing about it. When they um, built the first one, it had like a 400 horsepower and it redlined about 11 grand or something crazy like that. And Lamborghini said, great, but I want a street car. So they tuned it way down and uh, like 340 horse depends who you talk to. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, Alan, you can stick around for a few minutes and butt in every once in a while if you want while I'm yeah, facing yeah. my stars. I'll, I'll just interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I met the guy there that had this Ferrari. Now, if you look at our logo on our website, it's a Lamborghini 350 GT slash 400. And 
it um, is one of my favorite cars besides an AC Cobra. And uh, so we actually used the Lamborghini 350 GT as a, as, a, as a car on our business card and on our T-shirts as well. But anyway, now here's the interesting thing, and I wanted to bring this up to you, Alan, is I met the gentleman there that actually owns this one car, and this car was absolutely stunning. I mean, it was show quality, over-restored, better than new, but I mean, every stitch in this car, every panel on this car, every gap on this car, every nut and bolt, it was just extremely, extremely put together with the utmost care and attention and to detail. Better than new. Better than new, absolutely. Now, the gentleman that owns the car, and we're going to have him on the show down the road because we're going to do uh, segments on specific cars, and I know you're going to want to sit in on that one as well. And... Uh, he, this is the first guy that I ever met that actually eats, sleeps, and drinks Lamborghini 350 GTs and 400s. And guess what? The article that you wrote, and I think I might have mentioned it too when I talked to you on the phone briefly, the article that he wrote about the um, 350 GT, he has all the records, all the cars, all the ones that were built, all the serial numbers, all the colors, and there were interim cars, okay? There were 11 of them. Some people say there was 13 or 14, but they were actually referred to as interim cars. So basically what that is is a 350 GT with a 400 engine in it, the big back window like a 350 GT, and then the later 400s. Now, here's the interesting thing, because when I was at the Concorso Italiano, the Concorso Italiano, they had this 400, which was an early car, an interim car, if you will, and they had a later car that had the small back window. Now, there is some discussions that everything is identical from front to back, side to side. The only difference is, is apparently there were some modifications to the suspension to accommodate what allegedly was supposedly a rear seat, which if you look at it, you go, really? That was only the first first of the run had a, a two plus one. Well, okay. And so, and then they're saying that the, uh, that the sidewall of the car was actually taller now but these two cars happen to be side by side and you can clearly see the difference in the rear the the roof line and the trunk there's no mistaking that i took detailed pictures of that but as far as the the i'm trying to think of the word we use um it is a marine term you know when you talk about the side of a boat you know the the but at any rate uh the side of the car uh, the distance from the top of the wheel well to the top of the belt line looked almost identical to me i couldn't see any difference you know i mean it, it looked it looked side by side other than that you lost pretty yeah. much yeah the only thing yeah. is one had european taillights one had american taillights you know the european being the one with the little orange or amber uh, taillight lens on it but uh so anyway so then while i was walking around the streets there there was obviously the usual group of race cars the number of celebrities that always walk around there um, donald osborne was there ed uh, justice was there um let's see uh, alan decadne he was there barry mcguire was there bill warner was there and the list goes on chad mcqueen was there you know everybody's just it's just like a it's you know what's gotten to be it's it's kind of like at, at at most of these major national events it's like a family reunion now for some people they might only get to one or two events once a year some people get to see these people maybe three or four three or four or five times a year as in the case where you always hear me talking about go to a scottsdale you go to um, Amelia Island, you go to Monterey, and then you go to SEMA. And you always have a certain segment of, of people that always show up at those the, – the regular cast of characters, if you will. You know, the um, – what do they use in the movie Casablanca? Round up the usual suspects? Okay, so yeah. the usual – The usual hanger on. The, yeah, exactly. So um, – but anyway, so then – Come like three o'clock. I've got to find some place to park myself, and I have to uh, charge my phone because I've taken so many pictures and maybe on occasion a video that my phone's nearly dead. So then, what I have to do is I got to charge, and then I've got to kind of think. Okay, look through the pictures. Which were the cars that were the most interesting? Who am gonna Who am I gonna have on the show? So then I contact a number of people and I give them my business card and tell them what we're planning on doing. And then for the most part, if I talk to seven or eight people, I'm lucky. Lucky. If I get two or three or four on the show, the guy with the Lamborghini was supposed to be on the show. But while our show was live from Carmel, they were also doing the awards presentation. So he was up there getting his awards and he couldn't answer the phone, which we we did make an attempt to call him. So then we had this other gentleman on. His name was uh, John Hagstrom. And I'd met John, and he he did come on the show. And we're going to have him on again because he's a real interesting guy. And he's a pilot, a retired airline pilot for U.S. Scareways or U.S. Airways. 
And uh, he actually started flying out of Miami. And he talked about how he used to fly around Tampa, even before the Tampa International Airport was here. And then right when the airport was here, and then he moved out west. And he worked for uh, U.S. Airways, and he was out there in California for a long time. But he had two unusual cars. He had a 66 Hertz car, but a very, very early car, white car, with no lettering on it. And he was very knowledgeable of it, and he had uh, he talked to Carol Shelby back in the day, and and Pete Brock, and a number of the people, because Pete Brock was the gentleman that was responsible. Now, Alan, you can chime in on this one uh, for designing the hood scoop, and later the side scoops and the front apron for the '66, '65 Shelby. Although Tweedy takes credit for building the prototype parts, the prototype front apron air dam and the uh, the racing apron and the uh, hood scoop and the side scoops correct am i correct on that alan well, tweedy told me 1967 he was involved in that one. Oh, he wasn't involved with the first one then no, not according to what he told he never mentioned that he just mentioned the 67 okay the one where they gave him the crash car and they had to make it fit i got you okay well, we're talking shelby now we're not talking gt40 we're talking shelby yeah yeah shelby yeah okay all right um, hey, you know what? I mean, here's what's interesting. I was at SEMA last year, and I ran into Vic. Uh, I can't. Vince Liskey. Vince Liskey is the uh, registrar for Shelby for the 69, uh, 68, 69, 70 Shelbys, and he had some pictures there that he had never seen before that he got from somebody that were press photos of very, very early '65 Shelbys on a transporter. And the way they came in, in fact, there was a couple of uh, side shots and um, elevation shots of a 65 Shelby with various configurations of front air dams, hood scoops, side scoops, all kinds of stuff like that. So that's real interesting. I, somewhere I have those, and I think that they're probably going to be published in the uh, in the, one of the Shelby registries or Shelby Mark here, um, which I think they do four times a year. But any rate, so we had John on the show. And then he also invited us to a uh, an event later that week, which turned out to be pretty cool because in there was a real live, lightweight, which he talked about on the show, sixty three and a half Galaxy Factory Four Speed Four Twenty Seven R Code Dual Quad Car. So I mean, a real live, you know, lightweight fiberglass fender, fen and bumpers and all that kind of good stuff on there. Pretty cool piece, and uh, the re- the restoration on that was absolutely impeccable. So anyway, so then what we do on Tuesday is we do the show. Now, by then, having gotten up real early, being on the road all day long, then what you do is they have a little after hours or after party, and you go to that, and you continue networking. So by now, it's about 8 o'clock at night. By the time everything's all done, the show's over at uh, 5, 5.30. People are still That's talking. Yeah. yeah, so then uh, we head on back to our – since there's, it is almost impossible – this is the one thing I'll probably have to caution everybody. It's almost impossible to get a room there now. I mean, it used to be when I started staying there, it was $25, $30 a night, and then it went to $50 a night, and then Friday and Saturday it doubled maybe. You know, Now it's gotten to the point where even a terrible room, let's say at the Motel 6 or the Roach Motel or Red, Red Bug Inn or Red Roach Roof Inn or whatever you want to call it out there, the uh, rooms are like – Start at two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars, and then uh, by Friday, Saturday, they're four, five, six hundred dollars. At the Embassy Suites, they're eight, nine hundred dollars. I mean, it's mind blowing. So you really have to have a set of deep pockets, or want to be willing to drive a long distance, which is what we did this time. We stayed in Salinas, which is about uh, a forty-five minute drive, assuming there's no traffic um, through the hills there, through state uh, on State Road sixty-eight to get into Salinas, and we stayed at a motel out there, and it was half the price. So that's basically where we were. And it was amazing how many people, car guys, were over there because not only do they drive just to Salinas, they go to Watsonville, they go to Santa Cruz, they drive as far as San Jose, which I've actually had to do before. And uh, and if you're on a real limited budget, you'll have to do what I've done once or twice before, and that is sleep in your car and uh, eat cheese and panhandle. So one of the two, one of the three, something like that. But it's just one of those events that you just have to go to. All right, so the next day you get up and then over at the Embassy Suites, they have their memorabilia, automobilia show. And uh, so if you're into, you know, uh, miscellaneous car parts, artwork, if you collect um, die-cast cars, if you collect books, if you collect artwork, that's just – it's one of the rooms that they have there. It starts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday being the last day. It's an amazing selection of really interesting uh, automobilia, memorabilia, and things of that nature. And, again, just anybody and everybody that wanders through there, you know, the usual who's who, they're in there. They're uh, the usual suspects, as I say. So uh, 
Wow, it's uh, 7.31 already. I guess what we're going to do here, I see uh, Vaughn. How you doing, Vaughn? Vaughn was snapping his fingers. That means, hey, do you want to do a break? And I go, you know what? That's probably not a bad idea. I need a, I need a, I need a break from Gavin. What do you think, Alan? Everyone needs a break from you, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a commercial. Oh, we're going to fire up a song real quick, and then we're going to take a uh, commercial or two. We might even split the commercials. I don't know. And then we'll be back. So, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Hitting Cars. Don't touch that dial. I'm going to give you the rundown of what we have to do, how grueling it is, but yet how much fun it is at Carmel during Monterey Car Week. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Hitting Cars. Don't touch that dial. Here's a little My Sharona, The Knack, 1979. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Three, two, one. Hi, this is Dana Meekum. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Perfect. <laughs> well, somehow we slipped in the unedited version, but I'm going to have to take that out of there and straighten that out. Uh, yeah, that was actually Dana Meekum at, uh, that was in Amelia Island this year, I think. My son and I were there. So, But now you get to see how we do this. See, there's a live cut on how we do a promo or a liner. And... Um, but at any rate, speaking of auctions, there was, uh, let's see, there was Gooding, Russo and Steel, Worldwide, RM, and Meekum's Auctions. And let me just tell you something. If you go to, again, to check this out, Monterey Car Week, just the website, when you see all the stuff that is going on, it is incredible. And that's what I'm kind of trying to do right now is I'm trying to kind of give you guys a rundown of how busy this is. And it's impossible to see all the stuff. In my position, it's really difficult because what happens is because I'm there, obviously, in media capacity, and my job is to meet people, interview people, line people up, you know, interesting people to have on the show as guests, you know, to keep you guys, my listeners, my audience, my, my fan club, so to speak, keep you guys entertained. 
And uh, so it's really, really complicated as far as trying to go, damn, which charge are we going to go to? Who are we going to go? Where are we going to go next? All right, so back to Wednesday. So after the Amelia show, which is first thing in the morning, uh, starts at 9 at the Embassy Suites, then what we did is we went over to the Carmel Mission, and the event that takes place over there is the Carmel Mission Classic. And that is basically inside the courtyard at this 1800, 18th century, 17th century mission that was founded back in the day by the, uh, I'm going to say Franciscan monks maybe. I'm going to be, I'm going to say maybe, okay, just I want to get myself talk out of line here but uh anyway it's a very very vintage nostalgic mission that's been there forever and i know i remember going there as a kid when we used to stay in carmel and we used to go to church there because we're catholic and we used to go there for the services and stuff and uh but what they do now is they have a very very exclusive intimate car show there and i don't want to call it car show because it's not it's way above a car show it's a it's pretty much a concourse and the cars are judged. But at 1 o'clock, the bishop comes over there. And what does he do? He blesses the cars. So they do a little ceremony. Then the bishop walks around and blesses not one, not two, but all the cars. And I think there's something like 60 or 70 cars there. But the cars that are there, the caliber of the cars are concourse quality. And you see some pretty interesting cars there. And, yes, they are going to be some contemporary. The thing about the Carmel Mission Classic is, is it's very eclectic. So they've got... For example, this year they had a number of Porsches, but they had a couple of V16 Cadillacs. They had Packards. They had uh, Rolls-Royce. They had uh, a Triumph TR4 race car was there, an Italian-bodied uh, Triumph, and I cannot remember the name of it right at the moment. And it's based on a TR3 body. There was a beautiful 57 Thunderbird. There was a BMW 507. There was a brand-new Ford GT there. There was a Pagani there. The Lamborghini 400 GT that I was talking about earlier, he was there. He actually won an award there. Um, countless Porsches, countless Alfa Romeos, just a really, really nice event. And there was a couple drag cars there. There was a Shelby there. There was a Corvette there. And this is all displayed very nicely and very tastefully in the courtyard at the uh, Carmel Mission. And um, it's great. And then outside in the parking lot, they've got that roped off. And then they've got some contemporary cars. In fact, one car, and I'm sure you'd appreciate it, Alan, was an ESO Griffo. And it was an early car there. And uh, speaking of ESOs, it's the 50th anniversary of the Revolta. So anyway, so then we were there. And then about 2 o'clock, we left. And we went to downtown Pacific Groves. And they have this little car show there that they have every year. And it's called the Little Car Show. And you will find basically micro cars there, but there was a number of MGBs there, MGB GTs, and uh, there was um, Porsches, there was uh, Fiats, there was Citroen, Duchevos, there was Volkswagens, 356s, DKWs, Seattas, Oscars, Sunbeam Tigers. And the list goes on. Just some pretty interesting stuff. But all these cars were just basically driver quality cars. These are cars that people drive and have a good time with. You know, when you talk about concourse quality cars, the thing about concourse, yes, those cars have to be driven or are driven and have to be drivable. And the lights have to work and the radio has to work and the clock has to work. Everything has to work. Well, I say radio, you know, because some of those pre-war cars didn't have radios because that didn't come about until I think the late 30s, 40s. And Alan will probably call back in and correct me on that because we've had this discussion too. The first car radio, that's a quiz, but I'll give you the answer right now. It was actually a Motorola and uh, tied in with Ford. And Ford was one of the first cars that had them. And there might have been another one. I think it might have been a GM car, maybe Cadillac or somebody like that had it. But definitely Ford had it. So at any rate, uh, the little car show is pretty fun. And I met a guy there that had a really cool Carmen Ghia. And it turns out, and again, this is this is what makes the show, these events so really fascinating it's not so much the cars the cars are what get you there that's why we're there but the people make the the whole event interesting this gentleman was a guy that built 356 and volkswagen engines uh for a living built race engine he had a little carmen gear there that he'd had since the i don't know 70s or whatever it was and it had a 2200 cc motor in it and he had a modified 901 gearbox out of a portion of thing but if you were to look at the car it looked bone stock. You could not tell. This guy did an amazing job of fabricating. But one of the other things that he did is there's a company that builds 356 bodies, speedster bodies, out of Canada. It's called Inna Mechanica. And he built almost all the motors for those um, Inner Mechanica speedsters. 
and uh, the replicas of the Porsche Speedster. So there was replicas Porsche. I mean, a real Porsche Speedster is two, three hundred thousand dollars. Some cases four hundred thousand, depending on the uniqueness and the history of it, and colors and ownership and all that good stuff. But an Mechanica, you can buy fifteen to twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars, depending on condition and and so forth. So that's a pretty good buy for a car that looks really, really cool. So then that evening, we had to go get cleaned up, and we went to the McCall Motorworks Revival. And that is an extremely exclusive party. And uh, you have the – it's if you use the term lifestyle party, that's pretty much what it was. So you have Gulfstream Jets was there. Pagani was there. Ferrari was there. Audi was there. Volkswagen was there with their new Volkswagen pickup truck. And uh, we're going to have somebody on for Volkswagen talking about that a little bit. That was actually pretty cool. Uh, World War II planes, you had Cobras, Factory 5 was there, people there, local chefs preparing um, amazing foods, amazing drinks, um, jewelry, fashion. It's just it's a lifestyle event. But this is done at the Monterey Airport, and it is the very first – it was actually the, the event that started the whole Jetport party concept. And uh, so Bruce McCall, who was on our show um, two weeks ago, a friend of mine, this is an amazing job, an absolute incredible, incredible event. And uh, again, it's one of those where you know, if you're uh, anybody, if you if you want to be, if you are somebody, you definitely have to show up at that particular event. And that lasts, that starts like around four o'clock, five o'clock, and goes till about eleven. And then they have entertainment, and there's dancing, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. And it's, again, you just never know who's going to be there. You know, some of the most fascinating, interesting people are there. Bob Bondurant and his wife Pat, they're there every year. Pete. Uh, Brock and his wife Gail, they're there every year. Obviously, Bruce and his wife are there. Mikhail um, Haggerty was there. He was walking around with his wife. Uh, just, you know, um, Mike Silverman from Vintage Motorsport was there, just to name a few, you know. And I'm sure there was countless celebrities and people like Hennessy was there. He had one of his cars. Just a lot of really cool people and a lot of really cool cars. Okay, now let's roll into Thursday. Thursday morning, you get up early, and what do you do? Well, you head on over to uh, downtown Monterey because what I did this year is I figured I'd take the liberty to just go out and check out some of the car lots and some of the classic store places. Well, there's one there that we go to every year, every year. And here goes the big plug for Doty's. Now, you've seen Doty's car sales or Doty's Auto Sales advertised on TV from time to time because Wayne Carini goes over there and picks out some some lonely little uh, neglected car, and he fixes that all up because on Friday they have this little event called Concord de Lemons. Okay, and what that event is about is basically you take a $500 car and you make it look like whatever, and uh, they've actually do it's a play on a concourse. And the the way that Alan Galbraith does it, who's also responsible and the founder and or not the founder, but he's the uh, the CEO of Bulletproof. The way he does that event is just and it, it's just amazing. It's funny. I mean, it really is. It put a big play on the whole thing, and um, and and it would take me an hour to go into detail just on that. But we're going to have Alan on here probably next month or two, and we're going to talk about Bulletproof. And we're going to talk about the Concourse de Lemons or Lemons. And he's thinking about doing one here at Amelia Island this year. So that would be great if he does that because it is a hoot. It really is. And uh, and I got some pictures. I'm going to post those up there. But you, there was a guy there, believe it or not, that had a 58 Essel wagon. That was the actual car used in the movie or in the TV show Donna Reed. Now, I used to watch Donna Reed when I was a kid. And uh, that was uh, – that was that was kind of like really cool for me to see that. A, I like Etzel's, an Etzel wagon. I'm definitely a long roof guy. Long roof's a nickname for station wagons. And this car was used in one series, in the first series of the Donna Reed show, I think in 57, 58, 58, obviously 58 Etzel. Anyway, so he was there. Now, not all the cars are uh relic let's just say you know with all kinds of uh, oddball stuff there was a guy that had an mgb gt that he basically had jacked up had off-road tires on it and looked like it was ready to go hit the baja 1000 and he had a roof rack on it had uh, all-terrain track uh jeep tires on it like military jeep style tire with big giant knobbies on it but and wires on top of that that was pretty interesting there was a gentleman there that had a nice set of uh, Citroen DS21 Cabriolets. Those are very rare. Okay. And again, all these cars drove there. You know, nothing was towed. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So when you leave that, by contrast, you go to downtown Carmel again, and then they have what they call the Tour de Elegance. And Tour de Elegance is, uh, I think it's a 50-mile or 80-mile drive, and all the cars that participate are either the cars that are actually the show cars on 
the field Sunday at the concourse, at Pebble Beach Concourse, or they're just really extremely unusual, high-end, exotic cars, and it's kind of like, I think, by invitation only. But from 12 to 2 o'clock, they stop and line the streets of downtown Carmel, some of the most amazing cars that you have ever seen that you will never in, in, in your lifetime get a chance to see unless you're at these, these high-end events. They're there. They're on the streets. So whether it was this show-winning Alfa Romeo 37 Alfa or whether it was uh, Nick Mason and his Ferrari who happened to be there, a Ferrari 250 GTO, or whether it was a Ferrari Spider, or whether it was a Maserati, or whether it was a Porsche, or whether it was a Isotta Fraschini, or whether it was a Delahaye, a Delage, just just some incredible stuff there. You know, there's just beautiful, beautiful cars. And when they use the term, these cars are rolling art, you really have to look at these cars. These cars are restored way above what they were. And in fact, they're not really restored. They are recreated, re- rebuilt, recondi- I mean, they are just totally taken apart, put back together. They're better than new. Every line, every gap, every detail in the car is absolutely perfect. In some cases, it just looks like it's just too nice to drive. But the cars are absolutely fantastic. And... And 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 the, and there's probably thousands and thousands and thousands of people that walk up and down the streets, and everybody's mesmerized. So then, come two o'clock, what happens is, is people all gather back in their car after they've had lunch. Okay, they get in their cars. The streets are lined, and they get a police escort, and they and they head back to the Pebble Beach Lodge. And so there, you stand alongside the road, and all the cars take off, and you get a clear shot of, of, of seeing all the cars go down the street, listen to them, the sounds, the noise, the music that some of these cars make, particularly Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Maseratis, any of the 12-cylinder European cars, 6-cylinder European cars, the vintage cars. Um, just, you know, it's, it's breathtaking. I mean, you'd have to be there. It's kind of hard. I can't even describe it. You know, we, we, we talk on the radio show here and we, and my job is to kind of highlight everything. And the term that a friend of mine used, and I want to bring this up a little bit because we had the Cigar City Concourse taking place. We had Vic Pagano on our show a while back. Now to just do a quick plug for floridacarshows.com if you want to find out where all the car shows are in the state of florida north south east west definitely google and check out floridacarshows.com or flacarshows.com cigar city takes place the week of the 11th 11 11 um that's the week after sema as a matter of fact and that is cigar city concourse and it takes place in odessa so google cigarcity.com there's going to be a beautiful concourse there's going to be a beautiful car show there cars and coffee everybody's invited to get in i think it's like a uh uh 25 but it's well worth it because you can see some pretty incredible cars you can see some historic cars is it going to be on the level of pebble beach well this is the first time out of the gates and there will probably be some high caliber cars there but over time, with, uh, with, with the participation and the work and the effort of Vic and his team, I think ultimately it could get to, a, to be a pretty uh, um, spectacular event that's going to have some concourse, Pebble Beach, and Middle Island quality cars. And that's what a concourse is all about. So next month, we also have Red Sport. That's going to be at Laguna Seca. That's the reunion for Porsche people, all Porsche cars. It's the 70th anniversary of the Porsche automobile um also at the end of the month in september is the atlanta concourse and that's atlanta i think this is the second or third year and also at the end of the month here in our own backyard is uh the clearwater superboat races sponsored by hooters this year and then of course in november um uh, first week in november end of october over uh let's see it was it's uh, halloween is sema and uh that is another one of those events that i i encourage everybody to go to and uh, that's definitely a bucket list uh, event. Now, back to the Concourse d'Elegance. So then they leave. And now Thursday afternoon, well, what's one of the things that you do? They have uh, all the auction houses have uh, their previews. So Meekums is actually going on. Roosters Steel's going on. I think Goodings is on Friday and Saturday. And RM is Friday and Saturday. And uh, so those are the two high-end 
uh, auctions where some pretty incredible cars are. Now, Meekum had some pretty good cars this year. Russo had some pretty amazing cars. But what we did on Thursday is Worldwide had their auction. So after we left the Tour de Elegance, we just kind of drove around the area a little bit and looked at some really fascinating cars and talked to some really interesting people. Then we went to the Worldwide auction, and they had some pretty interesting cars there. So while they were auctioning off some amazing cars, including a Lamborghini and a number of Ferraris and Porsches and uh, 21-window Volkswagen bus, uh, a couple Packards, and uh, there was a 67 Shelby there. There was a 65 Shelby there, a number of Mercedes-Benzes, and uh, some Alphas. Pretty amazing cars. I think they had something like 70 or 80 cars. In fact, on, on Tuesday, we actually interviewed... Blake Godby and uh, John Cruz from uh, Worldwide. So they were guests of ours on the show, and we talked a little bit about that. And uh, so that was pretty good. And I think this weekend is the Cruz auction or Worldwide's auction in Auburn, Indiana. So we talked a little bit about that. So if you get a chance and you can make it, hop a plane ticket real quick, real fast. Get yourself a room. You might have to stay down in uh, in uh, Wayne. What's it called? Someplace down there. It's Wayne, uh, Indiana. But anyway. Just in that area. It's not too far. It's just south of Auburn. And uh, so we uh, went to the Auburn auction. Now, after, or the worldwide auction. Now, after that, a tradition that we do on Thursday nights is we go to Gianni's. Gianni's is a pizza restaurant. Now, you never know who's going to wander at Gianni's. Gianni's is like uh, great pizza, beer, obviously, because you got to have pizza. You got to have beer with your pizza. And I'm a pizza and beer guy. The uh, few times that I've been there, or the numerous times that I've been there, just, you know, automotive. Aficionado celebrities walk in, but two in particular. Reggie Jackson is kind of a regular there, and of course Jay Leno. You know, so you might be sitting there, and you know what's really cool? They just walk in, they say hi to everybody, they go sit in the corner, order their pizza, and chow down, and then uh, you know it's just kind of cool. Nobody really bothers them, so they have a good time there, and that's one of the reasons why they frequent that place. So then we head on out, uh, back to Salinas to crash. Get up first thing in the morning. Well, on Friday there's a number of events going on. They had the Works Reunion, Legends of the Audubon, the Quail. And the Bonhams auction at the Quail Lodge. And uh, so we didn't go to the Quail this year, but we wanted to check out some of the other stuff. that Because you have to kind of mix it up a little bit. So we decided to go to the Works Reunion. So we went to the Works Reunion, and that was uh, that's all Porsche. The Legends of the Autobahn, it used to be Porsche, BMW, Mercedes, Audi. But now Porsche kind of came in there, kind of like muscled their way in. And they created their own event, and it's called the Works Reunion. So they actually had that there. And there was some spectacular cars. Rod Emery was there. Uh, my f- good friend Ray Schaefer was there. He was with Porsche Classic in Atlanta. And my other good friend Magnus Walker showed up. So uh, uh, i got to post some more pictures of that stuff because we all were kind of hanging out. And then our other good friend Mark Green was there. And well, no, I take that back. Mark went over to the Quail. We didn't go to the Quail this time because we wanted to see some, some of the other stuff. Didn't fit in our schedule. But we did go to the Bottoms Auction. And after we left the Bottoms Auction, which was on uh, Friday, we went over to the Gooding Auction. And, uh, wow, we're running out of time here, so I'm going to try to speed this up. I'm just trying to give you guys an idea of how much stuff goes on. So then we went to the Gooding Auction, walked around there a little bit. There's some amazing cars. And they auctioned off the 1930-something, I think it was a Duesenberg SSJ. Now, that car actually belonged to the Revs Institute in South Florida, which is part of the Collier Collection. And they auctioned that car off, and it actually sold for a record $20 million. Dollars. That's what it hammered for. Twenty million dollars. Now the juice on top of that, and juice is kind of like a slang way of saying the commission on top of that. The buyer's premium is ten percent, and the sellers, well, it's supposed to be ten, but on many cases that's negotiated. So that was the highlight of that show. Then the next day we got up. Let's see, what was it? On Saturday we went to the Concorso Italiano. And we had Tom McDowell on, and we talked a little bit about uh, his event. And it was, again, an amazing event. number of Lamborghinis there. Al and I were talking about a couple of the Lamborghini 350 GTs. It's the 50-year anniversary of the Isolero, the Lamborghini Isolero, okay, which is the car that f- was a successor to the Lamborghini 350 and 400. It was the 50th anniversary of the, uh, of the uh, Iso, uh, Iso Revolta. There was a number of Panteras there, loads and loads of Alfa Romeos, Maseratis, just amazing cars, amazing celebrities, and uh, it's, that was pretty cool. Then after that, we went to Laguna Seca for a while. We hung out there at the racetrack. That was a lot of fun. Then we went to Goodings in the evening because my friend was auctioning off his car, which was a 1957 Porsche 550A Spider. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, that car was probably way up there in the seven digits, $4.5 million, 4450 at the hammer. 
And uh, I think I got a few minutes left, so I'm going to go ahead and highlight what we did the next day. Now, the piece de resistance and why everybody goes to Monterey in the first place is all those events, all those amazing events, all those amazing cars, all those amazing people, all descend on the Pebble Beach 18th Fairway, and uh, it's for the Pebble Beach Concourse. And that is on Sunday, and that's an all-day event, and is the most spectacular piece of real estate in the country. The most, just the most amazing, most elegant setting. Uh, you're right there on the Monterey coastline. Absolutely spectacular. 205 cars. Again, you run into all your good friends. Mark from Mark Green was there. Um, Man, uh, Magnus was there. Jay Leno was there. Alan Taylor was there. Barry McGuire was there. Corky Coker was there. Uh, Jackie Stewart was there. And the list goes on. Bob Varsha. Many people have been on our radio show. But the cars, the Sotos, the the Delahays, the Delages, the Ferraris, the Maseratis. The, and it was, I think, the Oscar was one of the uh, commemorative cars this year because I think it was the 50. 50 or 60 or 70th year anniversary of the Oscar. Um, what else was there? The um, Citroen. Citroen was a featured car there. So they had Citroen. They had Traction Avance. They had Duchevaux. They had DS models. They had uh, Rolls Royces there. They had Cadillacs. They had Packards there. They had just, just, uh, it's, it's indescribable. But I got, I cannot overemphasize, you've got to check out Monterey Car Week. Hopefully, some of you guys are listening. You'll follow up on it. If you do it just one time, one time, you will not regret it. It is the most spectacular event on the planet because everybody, I mean, it is a world, and I mean this, a world-class event. Well, I guess we're just about up against the clock, ladies and gentlemen. Sports fans, race car fans, I want a big shout-out to a couple of my friends out there. Thank you, Uncle Art. Uh, just like I said, some pretty interesting people out there. Met a lady out there. She collects Datsuns, or she's wanting to collect Datsuns. Sarah, hello, Sarah, if you're listening. And uh, she's up there in Northern California. And uh, a big shout-out to all my friends that I saw out there. And I can't wait to see you guys again, probably somewhere between now, SEMA and uh, Scottsdale and Amelia Island. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our website every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Radio Network. Tell all your friends between 7 and 8 p.m. For the most fascinating legendary names in motorsports, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I think we're doing some stuff on Instagram, too. I want to see you guys at some of the car shows. Don't forget, follow up and check out Cigar City Concourse coming up in November. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.